Yeah, Happy New Year, right? We made it. 2021, 2020 is behind us. You know, every year we get to the beginning of New Year, and I think we have a lot of hope that some new things are going to happen, some changes are going to be made. New Year's resolutions still are popular. We're like, let's make this year better than years past. And, you know, maybe more than most years, this, this year feels like, man, it would be great to move past 2020. I mean, with the pandemic and all the, all the pain and discomfort and loss and grief that came along with that, um, you know, the, the changing of politics, new administration coming into the country, there's a lot of hope about maybe changes coming from that. Um, you know, <clears throat> the wildfire season was really rough in California last year. There was a ton of loss there. You know, all these specific things on top of just a normal year of, you know, hard stuff. So we're really, maybe more than most years, you know, like, man, 2021 needs to bring some, bring some good stuff. Um, and we're, we're hoping that it's better, right? But as I was reflecting on that, I was like, where, where are we putting our hope? How, how are things going to be better this year than last year? Um, what is it that we can place our hope on? Or how do we orient our hope as we enter into a, a new year? And that kind of out, outlook or expectation, you know, is maybe similar in a lot of ways to the situation in Israel uh, as Jesus came on the scene, as Jesus was born, as he began his ministry, and we read about in this chapter, Alex mentioned we're reading through Matthew, and we're sort of at the beginning of what Jesus began to do uh, in, in Israel, in Galilee. And the situation there was Israel had been occupied by Rome uh, for a while and were, you know, experiencing some political oppression in that way. There was, you know, sicknesses going around, things that um, were going on with them, you know, difficulties that we're having, they were having, um, you know, they as a country, you know, looked back to the past where they were an independent country, they had a lot of freedom, they had a lot of power, they had a lot of influence, and, you know, they looked back at their history and were like longing for those old days, and they also saw promises in the Old Testament that God had given that he was going to restore Israel. He was going to send someone to rescue them, send someone to save them, send someone to redeem and bring them back to these glory days, so they thought. So many people were still holding on to that hope when Jesus came on the scene. And so one of the first things that Jesus did here, we read in Matthew 20, Matthew 4, verse 23, says that Jesus went throughout Galilee, where he was from, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases. <clears throat> you know, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, and Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed them. 
you know, where, where do we find hope in life? And there's pretty much like two categories you could fit things into where we can find hope. We can find hope in people or we can find hope in God. And people can, you know, be find it in ourselves or maybe find it in other people. Um, but when we when we look for our hope there, we're thinking, okay, what is it that I need to do? What is it that other people need to do? What change do we need to make? What effort can we put in? What system? Or you know, Andrew talked about last week. There's, you know, what's this? What's the code that we have? Or what 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 do we have pride in? What do we fall back on? And we're like, okay, this is good, and if I just do this, then things are going to go well for me. You know, that's that's sort of you know, relying on ourselves or other people need to just follow the code that we have or do the right thing. And then good things are going to come. You know, New Year's resolutions in a lot of ways are based on this idea of like, okay, I'm going to set these goals. I'm going to set this and good things are going to happen. I'm going to put my hope on uh, life becoming better when I change. But, um, <clears throat> I imagine our, our experience with New Year's resolutions and history in general tells us that there may not be as much hope in that path as we think or as we want or as we hope. And a lot of us realize, you know what, we just can't do it. And so God needs to be a part of our hope for this year. And so, you know, putting our hope in God is something that I think we realize, you know, we need it. We need that. Um, but a lot of times when we think, okay, I'm going to put my hope in God, we also, um, Maybe don't don't see exactly what that's going to look like, and we we insert a little bit of depending on ourselves as we depend on God, in the sense of okay, I'm going to depend on God because here's the good things that God has told me is good to do. I can if I can follow God and if I can do the things He's telling me to do, then then He's going to bless me. Then good things are going to come in my life. I'm depending on God because He told me these things to do, but 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 it's my work that's depending on it. Now, Jesus is offering a hope that is not based anything whatsoever on what we do. A hope that's rooted and founded on his ability and power, not ours. And it's a, and it's a hope that's in receiving good things from him as a gift, uh, not as a result of us working. Now, now, people saw what Jesus was doing. He saw, they saw that he was healing people. It says he was doing three things. Um, he was teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. And as I reflected on these three things, I felt like it hit sort of three core parts of who we are uh, as people. Uh, he was teaching. I feel like that engages uh, our minds uh, about our understanding of how things work and what, what's going on with us and God. And then he, um, he was proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, this good news that blessing was going to come from God apart from what we were doing, but based on grace. Um, that really, I think, speaks to our, our hearts, our souls, that, that gives us hope. Uh, and, then, and then healed every disease and sickness among the people, uh, addressing our bodies, bringing healing and wholeness to our bodies. And as, we, and as we have hopes for the new year, I mean, you know, one of the biggest hopes is just, you know, overall wholeness for ourselves and for our world, right? Um, heard on the radio, you know, they always do like, what are the top resolutions for the new year? And I'm 
thought it was really funny that uh, they were saying the number one resolution this year was for people is um, that people are going to work on their overall wellness. And I was like, that pretty much includes like every other resolution. <laughs> it's like how, you know, and I don't know how specific that, like, what do you do to work on that resolution? But, but I, I think it hit me that, you know, this is what we're all longing for. We're longing for wholeness. We're longing for wellness. And people saw that Jesus was addressing every part of who they were and was offering this hope of wholeness, this hope of um, <clears throat> healing, this hope of life to the full. And, and they saw this and they were attracted to it. Large crowds, it says, from Galilee to the capitalist, Jerusalem, Judea, the region across the Jordan followed him. So people saw this and were like, yes, we want this. Yes, we, um, we want wholeness from you, Jesus. We want to depend on you for that. But something from this day here to when Jesus ended up being crucified on the, on the cross at the end of these three years that we're going to read about over the few months, something happened to these large crowds. They, they left. They stopped following him. They stopped depending on him. And it, and it is crucifixion. There were a few women standing there, um, a few people standing there with him when he died. Everyone else had decided to, to leave and to not trust him anymore. So what, what happened? What, if they had this great hope in Jesus, what, what happened in those three years that they said, oh, well, maybe... Maybe this isn't where we can find hope. Maybe this isn't where we're going to find wholeness. Maybe we need to look somewhere else. And I think one of the clues to what made it hard for people to continue to trust him, continue to rely on him, and what might help us to see um, where we can put our focus um, as we trust Jesus to stay with him rather than, you know, move away from him and trust other things. I think one of the clues was what Jesus said when he first started to tell people about what he was about, what the kingdom of God was about earlier in chapter four of Matthew. This is verse 17. Um, when Jesus first started talking to people, it says, from that time on, uh, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So he says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or the kingdom of heaven has come near. It's this idea that, yes, wholeness and hope and healing and all the, the things that you think are good, it's right here. It's accessible. It's, it's, it's going to be available to you. It's right here. Um, your part to respond to that, to receive it, is to repent. Um, and I think one of the challenges that people had in, you know, engaging with Jesus and for us to continue to trust and receive from Jesus is understanding what repentance means and how to do it. Um, generally, we often think of repentance as, okay, we need to, you know, turn around. That, that word has that idea of turn around, stop doing what you are doing and do something else, like make a shift, make a turn. And so we naturally think, oh, okay, he's telling us 
we need to turn from doing the wrong thing or doing bad things or being bad. And we need to turn and start doing the good things and be good and do the right, right things that we'll have access to the kingdom of heaven if we can make that shift of stop stopping this, but starting this. And this is something you hear from us a lot probably, but that's not the invitation to repentance that Jesus has in mind. The, the invitation to repentance he has in mind is turning from a place where we are relying on our own abilities, our own efforts, our own work to earn us good things, to bring us good things. Turning from that approach, uh, turning to a place where we're relying completely on um, what God is doing for us, what Jesus has done for us, what he's giving to us as a gift, um, rather than us working to earn something. But it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to let go of this way of looking at things because, well, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the main couple is, one, we have to let go of any pride that we have or any idea that we really are contributing something good to the process. Um, it's hard to not think, well, like, I'm doing some good things, right? And I should get some credit for doing those some good things, right? It's not like I'm just completely bad and evil all the time, right? So shouldn't that factor into the equation of receiving good things from God? Isn't that, isn't that how it works? Shouldn't some of the good that I'm doing result in that? And so we want to hang on a little bit to that, to that piece. It's hard to completely let that go and say, no, you know what? Everything that we're getting from God is because he just loves us unconditionally and is giving it to us as a gift, not as a result of earning it through work. Um, it's not that all the things we do are completely bad, but that we're not good enough to earn anything good from God. So, you know, one of the, the other pieces um, that is challenging to let go of and to receive this Thing, this life, this hope that Jesus is offering is that when we <clears throat> when we choose to interact with God in, in, in the way of like, okay, I'm going to receive the good things, the blessings that you have for me. I'm going to receive them as a gift from you. When we choose to go that route, we have to give up any um, control that we have over um, what the good things are that we get, when we get them, how they come, um, you know, where they come from, who they come from, who they come through. When we, when we, when we admit, okay, God is giving us every good thing as a gift, then we have to say, he gets to decide what it is that he gives us. He gets to decide when he gives it to us. He gets to decide what is really good for us. Um, and so that's a hard place to put ourselves because maybe he doesn't see things the same way that we do. We look at our lives and we think, oh, it would be good if this happened. It would, it would be really good if that didn't happen. I would I really want this to happen and this Here's, here's my picture of what goodness and wholeness looks like. And sometimes when we talk to God or think about our lives and what we want, we, we go, God, I really want you to 
you know, fashion my life after this vision that I have of what's good. And then when that doesn't happen, we think, well, God must not love me or God doesn't see me or God doesn't care because he's not doing the things that I think are going to be good for me. Um, when we step into that place where we say, okay, all the, all the blessings are coming as a gift, then we, we admit, you know what, maybe my vision of things is not completely accurate. Maybe I don't see all the ways that things could be good for me. And so we, we submit to the will of the one who we trust does see what's good for us and does see the ways that he could bless us the most. Uh, so what, 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 is, what does that look like? What might some sort of practical outworkings of this idea of repentance are moving from trusting ourselves, but fully entering into the space where we see that all the blessings and things that are coming to us are coming as a gift. Um, and there's going to be a ton of, I mean, it's going to impact everything in our lives. I just kind of wanted to focus in on maybe how it affects um, when we pray for things. Uh, how, how does it affect the way that we look at needs that we have or, or things that we want or struggle with and that we're praying to God about some of the different things. So just want to spend the last little bit of time we have together exploring some of the things that maybe we're hoping for from God or engaging him about and how how this perspective shift might influence how we how we talk to him. Um, yeah, the first one is you know illness or sickness, um, pain, physical pain. You know, that was in this passage that we read a lot of what Jesus was dealing with people. And obviously a lot of us continue to be in that place, whether it's COVID or some other thing and you know so we see that and when we think oh i want to seek god's help on my sickness or someone else's sickness i think our our immediate go-to places um you know god i think that it would just be better that the sickness was completely gone just heal it take it away completely and jesus does that Sometimes, sometimes he doesn't. And how do we, how do we deal with that when he doesn't? Um, and, I, and I think if we were to go based on that first idea of like, you know, depending on ourselves, we might think, well, maybe I'm not good enough for God to heal me. Or maybe I haven't prayed hard enough, or I, I didn't pray the right thing, or I didn't Maybe there's something that I did or didn't do that caused God to not heal me or not heal somebody else. Um, but if we shift into this place of, you know, receiving everything that God has as a gift, and we say, well, maybe there's, maybe there is even a deeper good than physical wellness, physical wholeness. And, and don't, don't we long for something even greater than, you know, physical wholeness for ourselves and for those that we love. Um, 
And I think it makes you think, you know what? I really want for us, for others, just that our souls and our, our hearts are whole, uh, that we have life in our souls, right? Because what's what good is a, a body that's whole and well with a soul that's dead, right? But if we have a soul that's well, then, you know, we can deal with a body that's maybe not well, right? And so, so like, oh, maybe our desire is even deeper than just physical wellness for those around us. Maybe our desire is for, you know, you know, soul wellness or heart wellness or just salvation of our, our souls that that goes beyond just physical healing. So that so that idea of like, okay, got it, you know, please do, you know, please bring wholeness, please bring salvation, please bring hope. We can pray, you know, if we can still pray for healing, we can still ask for that, but we can pray beyond that too, to something deeper. Pray for God to just save our souls, save our hearts, save the hearts of others, bring us to a place where um, where we have what it is that we really desire. Um, you know, this year has been tough, um, maybe on the job front for a lot of people. People have lost jobs or not making as much money, struggling or in this coming year could be more of the same as if the economy struggles um, with, with, with things that are going on. You know, so, you know, we think about if, if we're out of a job, looking for a job, you know, our, our initial thought is, okay, like, God, please give me a job. But we have in mind, like, here's what I think would be good. Here's the job that I want. And then we pray, okay, God, please give me that job. Or, um, but, but I think, with this idea of receiving things as a gift, maybe we could go beyond the sort of our specific idea of what we think would be good and reflect on like, what, what is it that I'm hoping to get out of this particular job that I want? You know, is it financial security? Is it a sense of purpose? Is it a sense of um, being able to contribute something worthwhile to the world, to people, to help people? Um, you know, and so, so we can open ourselves up to maybe greater possibilities than just a specific idea that we have of what we think would be good. And so we say, well, God, I'm really feeling concerned and worried about providing financially for myself or for my family or for others. Um, would you please just provide for me? And maybe it won't look like what I think it's going to look like the job that I think it's going to look like, but would you provide what I need in that area? Um, would you provide what I need in terms of just, you know, purpose and meaning and, you know, I contribute something um, to, to do something worthwhile with my time. Could you provide something for that? And whatever that looks like, that would be, that would be great. And I'm open to what you have to do in that way. Um, you know, the, the last area I thought about I think this year, this past year especially, has maybe been put a strain more on some relationships, family or friendships, or you know, maybe some relationships have gotten a lot better this year. Some maybe taken a hit. It's been really hard. There's been a lot of a lot of challenges or pain or difficulties. And when we when we think about a, a relationship, 
somebody in our lives that there's, there's a lot of pain and difficulty, often we come to God and pray about that and we ask him, can you just make things smoother? Can you just take away this pain, take away this awkwardness, take away this difficulty? Can you just make the relationship nice and harmonious, no problems, no arguments, no you know, hurt feelings, no, you know, all this junk that's going on in this relationship, could you just make that all better? Um, because that's what we feel like, you know, there's peace and harmony in the relationships. Maybe. That's our vision for what would be good. And so we ask him based on, you know, that vision. Um, but maybe our vision isn't complete in that area. Maybe God has blessings and gifts that he wants to give in the midst of challenging relationships. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe the, the challenges and pains and difficulties in our relationships actually serve a purpose for bringing us a gift that we wouldn't get otherwise. Um, so maybe we, we dig a little deeper of like, what do we want out of a relationship? What do we want out of our friendships? What do we want out of our family? And for me, as I dig down deeper and reflect on, I, I think, you know, I really want, I really want some intimacy. I really want some closeness. I really want um, some, you know, people to know me, to, to see what's going on with me, to care about that stuff. And I want to be able to do the same for others. Um, and, and when I think about that, sometimes it's like, well, if, if everything is just sort of, you know, no bumps, no, you know, so we get to the place where we feel like it would be better if it, everyone just didn't have any needs. We didn't need to depend on each other. And it, well, things weren't hard. There, there wasn't any things we had to negotiate or figure out. It's just, just everyone's good. I feel like we might miss an opportunity for some intimacy because a lot of intimacy comes as we express a need to someone else and they participate in meeting that need. And, and, and they express a need and we, we step in and participate in that need being met. But, but that takes vulnerability. There's, there's difficulty there. There's some pain. It's like, man, I'm not getting what I need and that's hard and uh, having these feelings about it and you know it's, it's just it's kind of messy but, but maybe some of the greatest gifts of intimacy and closeness God actually brings through some of those difficulties um, so so we can look at the situation differently right when when we're entering into this place where God wants to give us good things as a gift rather than as a result of us managing a vision us pushing things forward us having the idea of what's going to be good and depending on our own vision our own self but giving it up and relying to God, on God for that so hope for this year it's encouraging that you know, people engage with Jesus in all different kinds of ways and he blessed people um, just because he loved them and they didn't have to get their act together. Um, and I think 
we're going to be able to see the ways that he's blessing us better. I don't know necessarily he's going to bless us more, but we're going to be able to see it better when, if we can step into this place where, where we acknowledge that his blessings are coming to us as a gift. Maybe we'll be able to ask differently or engage differently with him um, to invite him to uh, bless us and to receive those things as a gift. You know, and, and I think Jesus invites us to ask for whatever we want. You know, a lot of people came and said, uh, you know, please heal me. Please give me sight. Please, you know, my brother needs help or, you know, this person needs help. Can you help them? And he did that. He did that a lot. And he still does that a lot. Um, and, but he wanted us to know and he wanted them to know that he wasn't doing it because they asked the right question or that they did something to earn it or they were worthy, but that he did it just because he loves us. And, you know, and as he begins, and he begins this following section, like, so there are a whole bunch of people following him. And, you know, he went up on a mountainside and sat down to talk to them. It's like, you just saw that I healed all these people, right? Um, and there, you're, there's hope here. And I want you to know that you're blessed, not because you are great, not because you've got it together, not because you've done anything, right? So it goes into these beatitudes of blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are me. He goes through all these things like people, things that you wouldn't think would, you know, earn you blessing from God. All the things that people thought, that makes you an outcast. That makes you unworthy. That makes you weak. That makes you bad. That makes you um, unholy. That makes you, you know, you're going to be separated from God based on who you are because you're this. But Jesus called out all those things and says, you know what? You're blessed because my blessing is coming not based on um, your worthiness, but based on my love, and it's coming to you as as a gift. Um, so, so in this new year, I I've been encouraged to to think what would this new year look like? What would my hopes look like in all these areas if I were depending on God to give the good things based on a gift? rather than on um, as a result of the work that I can do. Uh, let's pray together. <clears throat> God, thank you for loving us unconditionally. Thank you for um, giving us the hope of, of wholeness, giving us the hope of uh, meeting our, the needs that we have, the needs of the people around us, and bringing us life and rescuing us out of the places that we are. Um, please uh, just continue to do that in the ways that you think is best. And please soften our hearts to, to choose to, to be in that place where we're receiving the good things you have for us as a gift, uh, not relying on our own efforts or our own vision of what is good, but, but relying on you and being able to, to step in and participate in that. Um, as you're blessing us and as you're blessing others. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.